FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. It's time for a flashback episode. It's going to be Acts of Vengeance Part 1. I am your host, Jason. All the villains venable. And making his triumphant return to the flashback episodes, we have Pat, the saber-tooth of the sea, Gunter. Hey, Pat. Hey, Jason. <laughs> hey, hey, listeners. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And Got hey, to it's talk about some Wolverine uh, Volume 2. That's right. Yeah, the Solo series. Um, and kind of a 2018 miracle. Uh, we're kind of getting the flashbacks back on track. So thanks, Pat, for helping me out with that. I appreciate it. Um, so, Acts of Vengeance was the big crossover in the summer of 89 for Marvel. Um the basic gist of it is that um, basically all the villains decide to, to team up and get together, take out the, all the heroes. They figure they had no luck doing it on their own, so they, they try it as a team. So it's a really fun idea. Um, the fun kind of goes up and down <laughs> through the issues. But um, Pat, what do you know about, about Acts of Vengeance? Uh, I I just know that, like, Uncanny, those couple of really good issues right after the they leave the Outback and go through the Siege Perilous, is it? Yeah. And then they show up in, and then that whole thing right after that where Psylocke is in Madhapur getting changed into an Asian. Yeah, yeah, and that would be on the woman. next flashback episode, so. <laughs> so yeah. that's all I know. Cool. Well, like I said, um, <clears throat> it's a really good idea. Uh, the execution is uh, hit and miss. And a lot of it's because these issues, some of them really tie into it and really buy into the concept. And some of them are like, in fact, the, the Wolverine issues we're going to talk about tonight are really barely part of it. <laughs> and only like, because kind of they had to be <laughs> like, like the editors told uh, Archie Goodwin and John Byrne, you have to do this. And I, like, okay. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> Not not a whole lot of connective material, but um, yeah. So Pat, before we get started, um, I'll I'll give you a brief summary of how the event has gone so far. How does that sound? Oh, okay, right. Yeah, fill me in. All I, right. Yeah, again, that's all I know. The uncanny <laughs> issues. Awesome. Well, we start off in Avenger Spotlight number twenty-six, where a mysterious figure causes a breakout at the vault. And if you don't know, the vault is the uh, supervillain prison in the Marvel Universe. What what issue is this again? Uh, Avengers Spotlight number 26. Avengers, okay. Yeah. Um, and it starts off like Hawkeye and Iron Man try to like prevent the prison escape. But of course, all the villains get out and run amok. Um, then there's a damage control issue that I didn't read because um, I don't have it and it's not on Marvel Unlimited. And don't read it. Don't read it. Yeah, I don't care about damage control. Um, then we have Amazing Spider-Man number 326 where the Kingpin promises to defeat the Avengers if Gravitron beats Spider-Man 
The best part of this issue is that Spider-Man calls Graviton Gravy Train. (laughs) 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 But um, he literally, Gravy Train literally drops the Daily Bugle, like the whole building, on top of Spider-Man. Spoiler, he lives. Uh, Probably most notable about this issue is that it's coming up on the end of McFarlane's run, and this is not Todd McFarlane. There's a guest penciler, so that kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure anytime you're on a normal Todd McFarlane issue and then suddenly it's a different person, it's like really very noticeable. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Disappointing. (laughs) Yeah, it was quite disappointing. Um, So next up we have Incredible Hulk number 363. Uh, Dr. Doom, sixth gray gargoyle on the Hulk. This was actually one of the really fun issues of the crossover. And uh, of course it's by Peter David and uh, Purvis. Uh, so it's, it's part of that great Hulk run and this issue, like they do the acts of vengeance, but they keep their run going at the same time. So it's just a really fun issue. Um, all right. Then we have spectacular Spider-Man 158 where Spider-Man needs cosmic powers to beat the trapster. And we actually finally meet the whole acts of vengeance cartel, which is Dr. Doom, Magneto, Kingpin and a guy with a big forehead helmet. I don't remember who it is. <laughs> forehead, forehead helmet guy. Yeah, forehead helmet guy. Pink, pink helmet guy. Um, and I love Sal Buscema Spider-Man in Spectacular in this run, but I don't really care for Cosmic Spider-Man. So that's another. T- that's another title. No, uh, there was a brief period in the in '89 going into '90 where Spider-Man has cosmic powers. Okay. And all the books, and I just don't really care for uh, that. Okay. <laughs> okay, just that he has yeah. those powers in that yeah. book? Okay. Right, yeah. Right, right. Okay. So then we move <laughs> on to a Web of Spider-Man 59, where Doctor Doom assigns Spider-Man to Titania. The plan is for the villains to work together and trade superheroes for the element of surprise. So basically, they're going to fight people they don't normally fight to try to confuse the heroes. Um. This is a really fun concept, but not a good issue. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so then we go to Avengers number 311, where the Avengers compare notes and realize that all the heroes are fighting villains they don't normally know. So then some evil robots sink Avengers Island. This is the time where the Avengers had their own island, but these robots sink it. Um, so then Captain America 365... Uh, the Red Skull joins the Axe of Vengeance Cabal as Cap fights a controller-controlled Submariner. That was a really fun issue. As, of course, during the Dwyer uh, run on Captain America, it's a really great art. Um, I just remember that cover. There's a really cool cover of a Submariner and Cap duking it out underwater. So it's just a really oh, yeah. nice cover. Sounds good. Yeah. Then uh, Fantastic Four 334. The FF prepare to go to Washington, D.C. to testify about the Superhuman Registration Act. Not the one from the Civil War, but the one from Acts of Vengeance. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, a pre, kind of like before the big Civil War one. Yeah, they yeah, were way throwing before. that word around already before that. I didn't realize till now. Uh, I didn't oh. either. Yeah, I think they just kind of reuse the same name. It's a, kind of a different concept. But, um, oh, yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, uh, Constrictor, Beetle, and Shocker try unsuccessfully to break into the Baxter building. So then we have Quasar number five. It's not in Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. 
Don't read that. I don't feel like I missed anything. (laughs) (laughs) Except for maybe a big mullet. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So then we have two issues of Iron Man, number 251 and 252, where Uh Iron Man fights the Wrecker and Chemistro and manages to be even more boring than that sounds. So they, this, you're reading like every single issue that uh, had a tie-in, right? Yeah, yeah. Up until oh, okay. we get to our uh, Wolverine issues, yeah. Oh well, almost done. You, We're you, almost yeah, there. I just, I just mean to say you did a lot of research. Not that it's <laughs> not that it's take, uh, taking too long. <laughs> yeah, I just like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's part of my on, big my big Marvel read-through, anyway. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, why? What are you? What are you trying to? Well, I'm. I do exactly. Uh, so I have two going. I have one that's kind of running with the flashback episodes. So I'm trying to kind of read like what's around the episodes we're doing. And then I have one that I'm doing right now through the 60s. So Through the 60s? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mar- 60s like, Marvel. Like starting all the big Marvel ones, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, that yeah. started, oh, yeah. That yeah, started yeah. it all? Like you're just like starting the, all those ones again in the 60s when they started? Yep, that is right. And I'm through 1965 oh, okay. right now. So you uh, through... That cut out out through what year? Uh, Through 65. You're at 65, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, so I'm almost... (laughs) That's that's a really cool way to go about it. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, Up and down, you know, I don't really care. Excuse me, my voice is going out. I don't really care for, like, the Ant-Man stuff, but... um, Ant-Man? Yeah, Ant-Man, or I guess he was Giant-Man most of the time, but... um, And then I uh, wasn't a huge fan of Strange Tales. Well, I, the uh, Doctor Strange. I'm sorry, the uh, the Human Torch part. I love the Doctor Strange stuff. It's really fun. What was the name of the title of that one? Strange, Strange Tales. Tales? So, oh, okay. So half yeah, of it, Tales? yeah, half of it was Human Torch and half of it was Doctor Strange. I was just gonna say. So you're trying to read like the Fantastic Four, Amazing Spider-Man, X-Men, and, oh, yeah. and uh, like every single title that was out then. I'm, I'm reading everything right now. Um, I will probably drop stuff when I get bored oh. with it. <laughs> but oh, right! Or you're reading like literally everything. Yes. Starting in 1960s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow. I'm <laughs> doing is, the. Uh, that's a lot more than I thought. Yeah, that's I thought, a lot. I thought before you meant like just the core main ones, the fun <laughs> best ones like Fantastic Four, Amazing Spider-Man, like Uncanny X-Men. I thought you're just doing those ones, but you're doing all the the weird peripheral little books too. Yep, yep, doing everything. And right now it's almost all Stan Lee still. So um, awesome. I'm that interested to fun. see when other writers come on board and how it kind of changes. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, Stan's, Stan's the man. Stan the man, and, that's right. And I think I saw something online that uh, cops had to go over his house or something, and I'm sure he didn't do it. I'm just <laughs> saying that for Stan is my uncle, and I love him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Anyways, car- carry on with uh, those. All right, cool. Well, so, yeah, back to Acts of Vengeance, we have Avengers West Coast, number 53, where Magneto has his own agenda. The UFOs are tricked into fighting the West Coast Avengers but Bell, when they smell a setup, the West Coast Avengers split in half to go after the UFOs, but also go help the East Coast Avengers who just lost their island. So then we have Thor 411 and 412, which is the debut of the New Warriors. Um, 
Loki uh, sends Juggernaut after Thor, who's been kind of sick. The new warriors show up to help him. But since nobody can stop the Juggernaut, Thor sends him to another dimension with uh, Mjolnir. Um, I'm interested because I've heard not to take this new warrior's appearance, their debut, too much to heart because their book's a lot better. So I'll give it a try, but I wasn't impressed with their debut. Um, with the new warriors, you said that? Yeah, yeah, the new warriors. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounded pretty good. That sounded pretty like good. Like it'd be a funny sixties issue with a juggernaut. <laughs> and uh, who's the other guy? Thor. Yeah. Thor. Thor. I bet. Yeah. Thor and Juggernaut in an issue. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So then we have Captain America three sixty six. Mandarin joins the Axe of Vengeance Cabal. Uh, Red Skull unsuccessfully tries to take leadership of the Cabal. And that's about it. Uh, Avengers Spotlight 27, I didn't have. Um, X-Factor number 50. Uh, Apocalypse refuses to join the Acts of Vengeance. And we find out the mysterious stranger that's been organizing everything is Loki. And then, New Mutants 84 and 85... Uh, really just carries on with their story. The New Mutants help save Asgard from Hela, and then kind of on the side, the Vulture escapes from prison. Vulture? Yeah, the Vulture. New Mutants? Yeah. What? <laughs> right? Bad guys I'm you confused. don't normally face. Anyway, all that brings us to Wolverine number 19. Hooray! <laughs> this is the real issues we're covering. Yeah. Listeners, <laughs> yeah. okay, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we're going to talk about Wolverine number 19 and 20. Now, remember from the last episode with the bad audio quality, I apologize for, um, that Wolverine uh, is going to invade Tierra Verde to try to save Roughhouse from the magic cocaine. That's kind of yeah. our setup. So now, Pat, you ready for number 19? Yeah, for sure. I was going to tell the fans this is this is a Jason's first time reading these, right? These yes, issues. Yeah, that's correct. That makes um, it fun. A couple of issues to read along that, with someone uh, reading these for the first time. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, I was I talked about this a, a couple episodes ago, but we're to the point that I call my dark ages of the solo Wolverine series. It's kind of my blind spot. Um, so until we get to issue like forty-two or so. All this is brand new to me, so I'm really oh, looking forward to, to seeing what what we find in these issues. Um, yeah, so number 19 is Heroes and Villains, and it is... I, I lost the credits. Where'd it go? <laughs> or, <laughs> oh, here we go. Or, hey, uh, hey, Jason, could I uh, say like a few things before jumping into Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I'm excited to excited to be back on the show to cover Wolverine Volume Two, especially because I've got a real affinity for that series. Uh, one time, when I was just after college, when I started to get really into comic books, I bought uh, Wolverine Volume Two, one to sixty-five for a hundred dollars. Oh wow! From uh, from someone, and uh, yeah. So that was like all I had had before that is like the four Age of Apocalypse books, I think. Oh wow! And uh, maybe I think that was it. Maybe I had the Uncanny X Men Marvel Masterworks, like with the nineteen sixties issue one to ten only, and then I bought those. 
so that was really cool for me. So yeah. just like, and I, and I haven't bought uh, like too many since then. Got them from possibly various means, but uh, yeah. So that was really <laughs> fun and seemed like special in my memory. Thinking yeah. I used to have the physical one to sixty-five kicking around in my house there for a while. So uh, what made you decide to button to make that purchase? What made you decide to to drop a hundred bucks on comics? Ooh, think a family friend told me about that he had them and uh said he would sell them for that and i was like hmm, i would that's pretty cool how they're like all, the whole start of the wolverine like the very first ones i thought it was anyways right for his uh, solo series and i was just like dying to know just wanted to see how his book started the first one ever and i wanted to know get all get some like more information on his background get some more like secrets revealed about him in That's there cool. yeah so i just wanted to i think i wanted to buy it i was just like getting into comics as a long time ago and i think i didn't know i was really fresh in comics i didn't like understand like there was the different volumes of stuff like i was just super green back then right so i but uh yeah he just said he had those so how could i turn down wolverine one to 65 <laughs> so i bought those and the and then I read them all, and at the end of the stories, I sold them for a whopping uh, increase of $105 to someone on Kijiji. That's my story <laughs> of owning those. <laughs> yeah, so oh, I, I look at it like, but that's cool. I look at it like I uh, I made $5 and got to read Wolverine 1 to 65. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty sweet. That's That's kind of a steal, I guess. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, awesome. And uh, I was going to say, fans, I loved uh, Madripoor before this, and the Wolverine solo one, like kind of roughly one to the first 18 issues. Uh, he was mainly in Madripoor, and uh, on my first ever read-through, I remember being pumped for the change of scenery that's happening right now. <laughs> He's uh, Wolverine's going to a new locale. But then... Uh, so that was fun just to go somewhere fresh. But uh, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Madripoor. But then he goes back to Madripoor. So I should say uh, it's not like we're done with that place. That, <laughs> right. that noir, seedy, fun hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it was a, it was good to see him go kind of mess around some other places. Um, and, of course, I mean, we're, we're in 89 going into 90. What better hot spot than a Central American drug country? <laughs> right, eh? So. Yeah, so he's leaving, uh, listeners, he's leaving like uh, Madripoor, which was supposed to be somewhere like in Asia, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Asia, and now he's like below the states, right? In Central America? Yeah. Central South America, America, yeah. Where all the, all the drugs are. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he was in, an, he just switched scenes to there. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say the art. <laughs> I will say the art doesn't look that much different. <laughs> yeah, I would. I right. would say the art is not uh, uh, nothing too amazing in these two. Right. Yeah. Like right. It's good enough, but. Well, we'll talk about that because uh, there's yeah. there's some disappointment involved with that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. So heroes and villains is number nineteen. This is uh, written by Archie Goodwin. With a layout by John Byrne, finishes by Klaus Jansen, uh, colors by Mike Rockwitz, letters by Jim Novak. Um, so we we talked last episode on the flashback about the return of John Byrne and 
how that was kind of exciting and how it didn't necessarily 100% live up. Uh, we'll see how this issue does. But, um, yeah, so basically, in number 19, first of all, we have a John Byrne cover again. And on this cover, excuse me, on this cover, we have Tiger Shark giving a Wolverine a nice choke hold underwater. You know he's underwater because Wolverine is blowing so many air bubbles that it almost takes up the whole cover. Um, so many bubbles. <laughs> yeah. Bubbles oh. and bubbles. Um, I, I, I love this uh, cover. I think this cover is killer. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, it says, Death is a Man Called Tiger Shark. So I think you probably like it more than me. I think it's a little ugly. but um, Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah I mean, should, we, should, we, should we talk about the cover now? Yeah. Is it, yeah. Is it cover talk time? Okay. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a badass cover. The bu- like, I think the bubbles look really cool. Though the sense of danger lessens when you see where Wolvie's one hand is right in front of Tiger Shark's <laughs> face. <laughs> right. Just yeah, one snick and this is over. <laughs> Yeah, did, did you happen to notice that? I was, yeah. was going to say, you did before? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he could easily just pop the hand claws anytime he wanted and perforate Tiger Shark's face. Right. <laughs> a, be, a better position for Tiger Shark, Tiger Shark to hold Wolverine underwater, to drown him, would be to like hold out his arms to the sides uh, to keep Wolf's claws pointed away from him. Right. I was thinking that would make way more sense. <laughs> yes, yeah, m- much safer for Tiger Shark. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a decent cover. Um, John Byrne definitely in his uh, sketchy phase on this cover. Very rough looking art. Not not your typical smooth John Byrne, but um, but he's kind of moving out of that phase. He's still doing it a little bit on West Coast Avengers at this point. Now we're getting into 90s John Byrne where his style is a lot more kind of breaking away from his classic style. So Like his like his uncanny run would be yes. his classic style? Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Well, I, like, I like this cover so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just think the camera is really uh, tight in on their face. It's yes. kind of like filling, filling up the whole comic though. It's kind of like exciting. All right, cool. Well, so basically in number 19, this is kind of what goes down. Um, so I didn't I, I didn't really realize this happened until we started talking about it. But apparently, after number eighteen, uh, he went home to heal a bit. Uh, Logan has Gateway teleport him to the capital of Tierra Verde. Upon arriving, he helps a young hero named La Bandera, or you know in English, the Flag, uh, who's fighting with Tiger Shark. After slicing his water suit, Tiger Shark escapes off the docks. And Logan tells La Bandera to give it up. But we all know better. Anyway, then he's spotted by a blast from his Canadian past, CIA Jack Bascom, who tells him it's a complicated country and he doesn't need Logan making it more complicated. So El Presidente gripes at Kingpin for sending Tiger Shark and our forced tie-in to Acts of Vengeance. Uh, doesn't really necessarily make sense. But they got to make it work, so they do. Um, <laughs> El Presidente uh, wants to use his wife's healing power to negate the magic cocaine side effects uh, on Roughhouse. Basically, if we can heal the part that makes him crazy, but he still gets all the super strength, then we can have our international hero that El Presidente wants. 
Then we get a, a slew of events that happen real fast. Wolverine finds Geist. El Presidente uses his son with leverage for his wife. La Bandera starts the revolution. Geist was a Nazi. Geist leads Wolverine to Rough House, but also into a tiger shark trap. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided the tiger shark is basically an um, aquatic saber tooth. <laughs> tiger shark. Tiger shark is not to be respected. <laughs> he is pretty pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I do not take Tiger Shark too seriously as a character here. No, no. I do like his giant <laughs> ass fin though. Giant fin on his head. <laughs> I just don't know what's going on here. Yeah. So <laughs> I love the guy that with his late eighties mustache and speedo making out on the beach. And oh, yeah. we uh, start the issue. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What's that girl? What's that girl's name? L- La Bandera. La Bandera. Yeah. So, what is it? Okay. So, yeah. But like that's uh. So that now that's two staff wielding mutants, Gambit and her. Yeah, we yeah. haven't seen Gambit yet, but yeah, I agree. Um. Oh wait, what's that? Like, I mean, like Gambit had been introduced by this year, right? Uh, he comes a couple of months later. Yeah. Oh, he's not even in the. Hasn't been introduced in comics yet. Oh, I no, get it. Okay. Not quite. Okay. Right. Right. Well. Uh, yeah. There's one more. Uh, she's the first staff wielding mutant I know of. Anyways, can you think of any others? <laughs> uh, I like. I like. I like La Bandera. She's cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is her first appearance too. Uh, she was created uh, by Goodwin and Byrne. And her backstory, we find out, is she's from like Miami. And apparently the kingpin, you know, has international reach. And so he had some drug people in Miami and she busted them up and then went home to Tierra Verde, her home country, to try to help her people. And but kingpin was pissy about it and he sent Tiger Shark to take care of her. Right, yeah. Tiger Shark's an assassin listeners being sent by kingpin to come kill her, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty, that's a pretty unique power she has. Hey, what was it exactly again? I like I can't think of anything, or anyone with the same. Uh, no, one. no, and, and they get into it a little bit this issue, and then more in the next one. Oh, right. Um, but basically, she she takes people's belief in her or inspiration and converts yeah. it to energy that she can shoot through her staff. And then channels like crowds around her's uh, like. Uh, inspiration and faith in her and them backing her and yeah. shoots up channels that through her staff and shoots up you out. That's her power. <laughs> Listeners. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's something. <laughs> it's pretty unique. I can't think of another one in all fairness just for, I'll give yeah. it unique points. Yeah. And even Wolverine's like, that's a weird power. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the seedy South America alleyways and streets. Um, just generally digging the scene here when I was reading this earlier today. Wolverine went from one CD place to another. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Very similar. Very similar places. Yeah. Um, so not too, not too big change of a scenery. <laughs> actually. Yeah. Once we get our first snick as he attacks Tiger Shark and um, slices open his back. So I didn't know this about Tiger Shark. What I was that all about? I didn't know his. He had to have water in his suit. So, yeah, uh, he's like. He's like a smaller guy that's inside a suit that has like some thicker padding. Uh, he must him have some padding, yeah. If he's got, he's like, like sp- a spandex over skin. 
Yeah, I I thought he was just a big dude, but I guess you know he's got to have room for all that water in his suit. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't just didn't understand that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that makes him that makes him jump ship. Uh, La Mandera gives Wolverine a kiss. I think it's interesting that he's not wearing his patch. Like he's just plain old Logan running around. He's in his street clothes. So he's in his, his fedora and his leather jacket, but um, no no eye patch. Oh. He left that in Madripoor. Where's the eye patch? Come on, right? it's your signature <laughs> new thing. You're trying to get to catch on, right? <laughs> you haven't been doing it long enough to stop now, it's, or it's going to fade away from the public eye. You'll keep it up. That's right. <laughs> and then on page thirteen, when he meets the CIA guy, he says, "Look up, hoser." <laughs> Oh, he does. <laughs> but I, that was I, funny. Yeah. Um, so I know that's from like SCTV, but I um, I always think being a Dallas native, um, you know, in the early late nineties, early two thousands, um, when uh Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash were on the Dallas Mavericks, and Donnie Nelson was the coach, or Don Nelson, sorry, senior was the coach. Um, they had a lot of commercials, and uh, I'm assuming that Steve Nash is a Canadian national treasure, but uh, I don't know, maybe he's not. But anyway, they had commercials, and uh, whenever he would miss a free throw or whatever, Don Nelson would go, come on, you hoser. <laughs> There's a commercial? Yeah, it was a commercial in Dallas okay. several years ago. <laughs> oh, okay, it was a commercial. I, I've never heard that guy, by the way, totally at all. Oh, Steve Nash? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a... Uh, he was on the Canadian Basketball Olympic team <laughs> way back then. What? Uh, that's a thing? <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if that's true or not. Y'all may I don't approve of any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say I'm a bit of a, like a, a Wolverine aficionado, like a, a little bit, I like to think. But uh, uh, this is the first issue, first and last, I've ever heard of this Jack Bescombe of the Canadian intelligence. How about you? <laughs> Yeah, well, so he's CIA, so apparently he ran missions with Wolverine back when Wolverine was in the Canadian uh, intelligence operation. Um, the name sounds kind of familiar, but I can't really place where I might have heard it before. So uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled in future flashback episodes to see if he comes around anymore. I think it's fair to say that this is the worst drawing of Kingpin ever. Just just piss poor. Wow. <laughs> His head looks like a grape or something. It's weird. That was just a fast job on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Burn is, is going he's going at the speed of light in these issues. I'm I'm not impressed. Which is too bad because John Byrne is you know, at the top of my list of all time. I mean he's like up there. You know, with, with Jim Lee and you know, yeah. and with my all-time favorite artists. But this is so disappointing how how sketchy and, and rough and kind of just kind of lame it is in a lot of parts. So it, it says he's only doing the layouts. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you see that, just to check? Yeah, I did see that. So I, I think he probably didn't do too much, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what is... Layouts mean to you. Yeah, think? so uh, it well, it can mean like... different things. Um, oh, okay. It can mean that they they draw and then the inker like just inks and finishes, or it can literally mean that they just drew like the shapes, and then the inker 
or, or in this case, Klaus Janssen, you know, finished the pencils and then inked it when he was done. And so I don't know, like, in this particular collaboration, how much Byrne did or didn't do. Like, did he draw any detail at all, or did he just draw, like, circles and squares? I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it doesn't look much like John Byrne. You That's know, for sure. Like, it doesn't, like, if you were reading this, fans, it doesn't remind me at all of John Byrne's Uncanny Run. I would have not thought it was. No, not at all. No, and um, when we talked about 17 and 18, kind of had the same thing. 17 didn't look like Byrne at all. 18 started to, and but then 19 were back to, to not looking like him. So Yeah, well... Yeah, it does say just as uh, layouts and someone else does finishes. I mean, I heck, I thought uh, before you just said that, I thought that meant to, like he just laid out the pages and like uh, how the panel structure is going to be broken up per page and just like blocks out that just rectangles. Like that's what I, oh. I'm saying. But that's what I literally I thought right. it meant. No, so, like so if you're looking at like um, page 17 where the 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 president's getting shaved, you have that middle panel of like the three people uh-huh. talking. Uh, like yeah. John Byrne probably drew like three circles and then the shoulders, and then oh, Klaus okay. Jansen went in and put the faces and stuff. Oh, okay, kind I'm, of some I'm, rough, I'm like guessing. bubble, bubble yeah. people. Yeah, pretty uh, much. So I thought, um, going back a page before that, I thought El Presidente had a really good point, where he was basically saying, "This acts of vengeance thing is stupid. If you kill all the heroes, the people will just make new ones." I thought that was a really interesting take. Um that you can't really ever truly defeat the heroes because the people will just rise up and and heroes will always come back. So... uh, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so then we get a little bit of explanation on the magic cocaine. Um, That is either caused by meteors or ancient gods. So what do you you think of our explanation here? The cocaine didn't uh, make any sense. It was like... (laughs) The whole story is about there's uh, some cocaine in this that grows in this one area, and uh, one time a meteor hit it. Or the second explanation you said, uh, yeah, it's just nonsense, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that yeah. that's what gave the cocaine its magical properties. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's pretty lame yeah. and and so 1989. It hurts. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I wrote down here. Uh, Yoch, a lot of weird um, skin coloring here. Some of the there's like just a panel once in a while where their faces are just uh, the next the next page where it's saying the second explanation for that weird cocaine uh-huh. when the Inca guy is standing there in the bottom right corner. Is are their faces completely pink to you? Uh, in mine, they're very red, almost like like a racist Native American interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they are to me. Just yeah. super strangely red. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Lots of weird coloring in here. I don't really know who this uh, Mike Mike Rockwitz is. He's done a couple of issues. I definitely prefer when Oliver does the colors on this book. Um, oh, okay. So I hope she's not done with the series, but we'll, I guess we'll see as we go. The Kingpin's smoking a big... Looks like the Kingpin is smoking a big blunt there. Um, I like to pretend every time someone is smoking something in comics that's weed, they're just all <laughs> high as f- living out these crazy superhero, supervillain lives, lives of theirs. Right. 
<laughs> That's funny. And Caradad uh, and his Caradad, the uh, general, Caradad yeah. and his mansion remind me of Scarface. How about you, Jason? Oh yeah, I can see that. Got your I, logo that. I didn't think about it, but that totally makes sense. And um, I'm assuming his wife is a mutant. Yeah, they and don't. They don't say that specifically, but that's definitely the impression you get. Yeah, definitely. Like what they're kind of hinting, I think. Yeah. And uh, is Geist ever a, a greasy, creepy creeper or what? Eh. <laughs> he's pretty nuts, and then you find out he's like an old school Nazi. But even before that, when he used this is twice he's used his like hand straight razor. <laughs> Hey, you know what that reminds me of? Uh, are you a G.I. Joe fan at all? Uh, not, not really. To be okay. Just well, so, involved it. Not that I don't like it. Yeah, so I, we, you know, Cameron and I both really love the the comic and the action figures. And there was these uh, these things called Battle Android Troopers or BATS. And uh, the toy we thought was really cool because their arm had like a peg on it. And you could take off their hands and put different hands on. So they had yeah, yeah. like a regular hand and they had like a claw and they had like a cannon and a blowtorch. Um, oh, sweet. Anyway, this guy reminded me of the bats because he keeps taking off his hand and putting other things on his arm. <laughs> yeah, what's with this crazy guy? <laughs> yeah. Started like cyborg or something. Oh, he's almost all cyborg. Yeah. They just yeah. his, his like head and his face and like one of his hands are flesh. Everything else is metal. Um, and, uh, yeah, use what sucks to be roughhouse in the story arc, eh? Man, yeah, he gets he, roughhouse gets a rough deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, kind of pretty dark, and uh, yeah, Nike is not having a good time getting like uh, experimented and tested on stuff and with these with drugs right. and uh, trying to get him to mute, turn into this. Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say there. And it's a great great panel. That one panel of roughhouse looks really good, eh? The one where he's that, chained in the wall? Yeah. Yeah, I that's think it's a the good only time, yeah. Literally the only time you see him in this issue, that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yarg. Yeah. It looks pretty cool there against yeah. the wall. That looks like a good uh, Facebook episode picture, <laughs> picture option. Yeah, I'll throw that up on Twitter. Got any, got any more uh, points about this one, Jay? Uh, so what do you think about Wolverine calling his own claws can openers? His own claws can openers? Uh... Uh, I don't know. It's fine. It's, uh, uh, I find goofy, it's more, I find that's something joke. like someone would say they're making fun of him. Like Sabretooth would be like, oh, you got your can openers out. I don't know. It, oh, yeah. it, it was weird that Wolverine <laughs> said it himself. I don't know. Uh, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> if you thought it was weird. Um, I, I thought I thought like uh, that the end of the comic has my, la- my last point here. The really cool, I like the art of that whole last few pages in the industrial yes. water, water basement area. Looked, yeah. Looked uh, cool. It's cool uh, art effect on the art effect on the underwater stuff. Yes, I had the exact same note. The, 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 my favorite art was the underwater pages at the end. Yeah, yeah um, I think so. My, the last couple of pages, for sure. Yeah, it, uh, it looks it looks like hazy, and there's something cool going on with the colors. It just it looks really nice. And of course, you know he fights Tiger Shark, and, and the coloring in the water is really cool. And it ends up with a <laughs> excuse me, a nice cliffhanger. All right, so I think we talked about the art already. It's pretty rough. Um, what do you think of the story, Pat? Uh, like, yeah, just the story. Uh, it all is kind of like comic book silly and doesn't all add up. Right. I guess. 
just thought it's a little silly, some logic jumps and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Just a crazy 90s comic. Yeah. Not to be taken too terribly seriously. Right. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, that's all the thoughts I had on it. All right. Well, what do you want to grade Wolverine number 19? Number 19, uh, I thought it was a fun-ish, fun issue. I totally dug it. The art wasn't too bad, but it was a little rough, kind of muddy and a little too heavy, dark inking, I thought, and uh, not as sharp as it could be, could have been. So because of that, I give it four rusty trombone claws. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say pretty much the same reasons as you. I didn't really care as much for the art, which is really disappointing. I was so... When you see John Byrne's name, there's just a certain expectation, and and to not get that is disappointing. Um, I thought the story was fine, but the art knocked it down for me a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give it three out of six claws. Okay. And we're, we're pretty close. That's going to take us to number 20, which is uh, Miracles. And uh, Pat, who does this one? Who does this one? Okay, let me tell you. Oh, um, I guess it's all the same people, huh? <laughs> Oh, is it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it is. I was, yeah. I was trying to copy and paste something. Oh, you're fine. It's, uh, it's Goodwin, <laughs> was... Byrne, Jansen, Novak, Rockwitz. So, um, so it's all the same people? Yeah, all the same people. But we have a big, a big yellow cover. What's on our cover, Pat, by John Byrne? I thought uh, I thought about the cover, Jason, and I thought, meh, last one was easily the better of the two. Really? Nothing too okay. special here. What do you think? I, we're going to flip-flop on this one. I like this one better. Um, you like this one better? Yeah, I like yep. the uh, I like We're the color person. work. I like the uh, the bright yellow, and there's something about the perspective when you just see his hand and the claw, and the water dripping off of it. I don't know. There's something really cool about that to me, and oh. and Tiger Shark's about to pummel poor uh, La Bandera. There, she's got a glow stick ready to shoot him in the the. Yeah. Stomach. <laughs> she must have some. Must be. Must have some inspiration. Yeah, must have. But also, I think part of it too, to me, that I enjoyed. It looks a little bit more like John Byrne. To me. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Maybe so. it looks like an Alpha Flight cover or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I can see that. I can see that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Fair enough. I think that. I think the water droplets coming off his arm look cool, but uh, yeah, my vote. My votes. First one was better. Looks so cool. Check awesome. the check the uh, two out sometime, listeners. Yeah, yeah. See what you think. See if you're on Team Pat or Team Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Pat, what happens in number twenty? Okay, number twenty. Uh, it starts where the last one left off with those two fighting underwater. Tiger Shark sticks sticks Wolverine's extended claws into the into the sea's coral shelf. They say that's how it's uh, written out there. Claws <laughs> are jammed so bad in that he uh, into the that he can't get them out. I guess, and uh, Tiger <laughs> Shark leaves him to drown. Yeah. Okay. La Bandera and her crew are running amok through the hospital building, um, but it was a trap. It was a trap by guys, a trap. <laughs> uh, but she gets away. Caridad, Caridad at the hospital is at the hospital too, checking on the experimentations on Roughhouse. Uh, Tiger Shark thinks he sees La Bandera and jumps for her, but it's it's a returned Wolverine that stabs him and uh, knocks knocks him over the railing into the water far below. 
And then Wolverine and Lubandera come and rescue Roughhouse. Go, they go up to the roof to get on a helicopter, taking the uh, Caridad, the general's wife, with with them. I kept burning, calling her nun in this. So uh, was she a nun? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and, he was. And uh, the helicopter, the helicopter has mechanical issues. I think and drops yeah. down low enough to the water where tiger shark uh grabs the helicopter while his bottom half is still in the water so you can picture it listeners and he's fighting wolverine but re- real sharks attack a tiger shark and he falls <laughs> into the water to be question mark eaten and and on the helicopter and on the helicopter ride the nun heals roughhouse uh, and but in the last panel you see geist Geist-tainted, cocaine-filled gun darts are stuck in the back of Wolverine. Uh, so he, so he, now he's like a ticking time bomb. You're supposed to, the reader's supposed to think any second he can, the cocaine can kick in and he can go all crazy when they're in a tight confined space there. Yeah. yeah that's, the, that's the issue. All right. Good job. Um, Sweet. Thanks, man. Yeah. So I love <laughs> the first page. I I wish the first page would have been uh, one of the covers. I think definitely. I think it's really cool. Um, Tiger Shark and Wolverine fighting underwater. In fact, this whole sequence, really the first like several pages, are really pretty great. Um, I really well, like. I, go ahead. Yeah, I really like like when Tiger Shark jumps out of the water, like his pose. Um, and then when they're they're sinking and stuff, it's just it's really 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 great looking pages. Oh yeah, I love that that killer opening splash page. I I like that a lot. Yeah. I think uh, I think that should be the cover. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, and uh, it's a shame though that the do you notice the yellow of the each of their costumes is it. The colorist used the exact same uh, color of yellow marker, so that makes it a little hard to tell whose arm is in front of whose torso. Right. So, well, but uh, I would say if I had uh, one thing to say, I noticed. But yeah, besides right. that, killer. Yeah, no, it's pretty great. Um, and all all the all the underwater stuff looks really good. Uh, yeah, and we see um. La Bandera. Tiger Shark looks a lot more svelte when he gets to the hospital. He doesn't look as chunky. Like he's he's a little more trim. Um and uh Roughhouse looks he kinda of looks like Deadpool without his costume on. Got like a bunch of tumors and bumps on him. Um But yeah, I really I really love this surprise snicked. Um on page fourteen where Tiger Shark is jumping into the smoke cloud to get La Bandera, and you just hear a snick, and you see his eyes open wide as he gets oh, stabbed yeah. by Wolverine. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. I like that one. There's another uh, Facebook yeah. post picture. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, when you see the kind of the flashback, like the correlation of Wolverine, like um, slicing at Tiger Shark, but also talking about how he got out of the coral. I thought that was a nice little exchange. The only thing I thought was weird is I know he's got the water suit, but it looks like Wolverine's going to town. And I don't think Tiger Shark has a healing factor. But when he falls over the rail, there's just like a ripped up shirt and a couple of scratches. (laughs) 
Like, he should be gutted. The way Wolverine's going to town on page 16. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, did, I thought, thought it should be a little more, uh, little more damage done to Tiger Shark. Mm-hmm. I 100% had the same point written down, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He's like, going to town, there's three panels of him, like, <laughs> doing big side-to-side swipe action and seeing kind of, like, cut debris and little bits of stuff flying up in the air. And then you they show Tiger Shark's uh, chest, the next thing, and it's just, like, a bunch of little, like, uh, not even deep scratch marks. Yeah, yeah just scratch, like he got scratched by a cat. <laughs> yeah, did not line up. <laughs> Now, I understand the comics code and all that. But they could they could have done something to let you know he was he was pretty hurt. But, but it really thought, must not I, be I thought, though. I thought I could see the three spots where the claws like stabbed in. You can kind of make that out if you look really carefully. Oh, so, yeah, at least, or at least two at least of them. They didn't anyway. lose that, but yeah, uh, right. yeah, I didn't get it. His costumes ripped, but just scratches over his pecs, and then <laughs> also. I thought he was like I thought that was a thick suit that has a lot of, of thickness on the exterior that's holding like an inch of water before his body starts and then it's just like it's just coming his costume just ripping off like right off the surface where yeah. his skin is. So. I, just, just, I don't know what's going on with this freaking guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's Tiger Shark. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need to say? Right. <laughs> I thought they should have played up that he was almost going to drown more so. That would have made it uh, much more dramatic and add tension. They yeah. didn't like really focus on that too much or say too much about it. No, I like I, picture those. Uh, sorry, picture those first couple of scenes, and he's all underwater, and he's got his claws stuck, and he can't get out. And like the, it's not really commenting on it in the text. Like it should be like, I need to get out. I'm like, I'm uh, blacking out. Right. Say something, you know. Yeah. No, I agree. I they there's there's a lot of of missed drama there, I think. The, I mean, honestly, like they could have they could have cut panels out of, you know, the fight in the hospital and in the rooftop and and given us a little more underwater stuff. I mean, he is fighting Tiger Shark for crying out loud. Let's let's see more of that, and more of him. Yeah, trying to to break out. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I probably would have would have done it a little bit differently, but um, you know, we got what we got. And Geist gets a gun hand, so. <laughs> yeah, how, how was, let me ask you this, Jay, how was Tiger Shark talking underwater? <laughs> Did you notice that? Oh, yeah, and Wolverine even comments about it, like, I shouldn't have been able to hear him, but I do. Oh, I, did. I, I think I missed that. Yeah, I don't, when, I don't when know. Wolverine said I mean, that, but, I, uh, yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I guess the same way that, that, that Namor talks underwater, I don't know. Oh, uh, does he? Sometimes. It depends on who's uh, writing yeah. him. <laughs> depends on who's writing him, yeah. Yeah. I, did, I didn't... Did you buy that... Uh, so, I didn't buy that Wolverine's claws uh, would get stuck there like that. Like, yeah. the claws are... Like, what, what were they... What was the jump of the pseudo-logic? Like, his claws were so stuck into this coral that he just couldn't possibly pull them out? Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, uh, I went back and forth on that a lot. So... I mean, I can understand that it can be so deep and so close to his knuckles that he couldn't get the leverage to to get a good slicing action. But I would think with the adamantium, if he just pulled straight out, then it would come yeah, that's out what I pretty mean. easy. So, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it has the path through the rock, like, as it went in. So, right. it's like, there's nothing. It's just dragging against the walls a bit when you pull it back. Yeah. Think. 
crazy yep. comics. Yeah, crazy comics. Comics and, it, and science. It, de- it definitive. Did you notice it definitively says his healing factor can't counter drowning? Yes. I, yeah. I, I like def- that they definitively stated that. Yeah, because there's there's nothing to to heal him from. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting, and that does like make this whole whole scene whether whether he should be stuck or not. It gives it some some drama. Uh, like I said, could have done with more of that. But all the you know and, you know as kind of one dimensional as Tiger Shark is, he's probably my favorite part of those two issues though. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, cool. Just because that the the fights are very dynamic looking. Um, but Geist is pretty cool too. Uh, he's pretty. He's a pretty evil sob. Um, yeah, he's he's memorable and creepy. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm really curious to see if we get any follow up with the nun and her son because we never see him. Um, yeah, I never see the son the whole time. They're talking yeah. about him quite a bit. So I'm interested to but see. Actually, but actually, I I remember what happens. Okay. Uh, in the well, I will yeah. find out soon. <laughs> okay. I won't say yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I thought I thought like kind of from around this point in the comic where that we're talking about, I thought the issue went pretty downhill for me. By the way, I might get a little negative here. I found the rest of the issue like ex- extremely incoherent. Nothing they were saying was making much sense. I thought it was just sort of incoherent, poorly done, like bad writing, <laughs> like very hard to smoothly flow along and read. Uh, through the text of this comic and yeah. it um, definitely was victim to having too much pointless painful text filler for sure right which yeah. is, which is a large pet peeve of mine <laughs> I hear yeah that makes sense um, did you notice that at all like the, did um, you think the got a little weird and incoherent I don't know if it got incoherent that, to that me it definitely it got kind of lame um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the, and the, I, they don't really ever explain like this doctor's uh, nervous tick, the one that keeps like going ah uh, ah. Uh, yep. There's no ah uh, yep. denying Sister Salvation is having a ah uh, ah uh, uh, calming effect on the subject. Um, I, thought, uh, I thought that was so annoying to read that <laughs> yeah. with the uh, with the ahs, and I thought that was very uh, very nice. Right. So, what do you think of Tiger Shark getting eaten by real sharks? <laughs> I thought that was really silly. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know what I thought. That was just funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess he did. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was going to try to show you a panel, by the way. So, yeah, look at this uh, panel, Jason. Um, that didn't make any sense. That didn't write, make any sense to me. I wrote down, Can, do you understand this panel at all? Hey, so this is the one I was talking about where Tiger Shark looks more svelte and um, uh, La Bandera is standing over in the hospital and Tiger Shark, I guess, takes down her army so her staff quits working because she can't feed off their um, power. So, uh, so Guy says... I should say, I, should says, say I, more I mean the words. Yeah, like, right. Okay, keep going, sorry. Yeah, so guy says, well, your staff is fading. And and then Tiger Shark says, along with her fellow rebels, Geist, so he, he just took them out. Could be a connection. Interesting. So he's saying, like, um, he's putting it two and two together that, that Law Bandera's power, her energy comes from the people around her. So when he, when he cut the people down, he cut her power down. 
oh, he already like killed or knocked out the her yeah. mob outside, and now he's staying yeah. in well, this room. Yeah, well, you see, oh, and the guys behind her that are on the floor that he's stepping over. Mm-hmm. Right, that's her oh, people, yeah. and oh, so okay. um, he says it wouldn't be interesting except for she's not gonna live. Um, that's pretty much where she's going. So. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks. I just didn't get that pet on at all. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, so I thought the art was a lot better for most of this issue. Once Tiger Shark goes over the rail, like pages 19 through, I don't know, um, most of the end is not quite as good, but I thought most of the comic, the art was better. And, and even kind of looked like John Byrne in some places. <laughs> so, what what do you think of the art in this one? Uh, I thought it was pretty kind of rough. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, they said the uh, in the one panel he said the cocaine, uh, or this is what it says verbatim the uh, Caridad the the head guy there he's talking and he says as she cures my migraines she'll purge the cocaine's devastate or. No, he said, sorry. She'll purge the cocaine's devastations, leaving its mutagenic effects. Yeah, yeah. I so, thought mutagenic effects, I thought that was a, a stretch and some jumps <laughs> in logic. Yeah, well, I mean, this, this, when, you, when you have magic cocaine, you can make up the rules, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah I, guess so. I don't know if it really makes that much sense either, but, but they're basically saying that somehow her healing factor or healing power won't take the cocaine out of him but it'll take the insanity out of it somehow and it doesn't really work for me um at at all (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's pretty stupid um that that's how her power would work with this drug but but that's the el presidente's play is that if she can somehow make this work then he can still use the cocaine to make Roughhouse, you know, even more stronger than he was, but he won't go insane, which the drug is making him go insane and and also giving him really bad uh, acne. Yeah, yeah, I think that was, that's it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was, I had written down, I thought there was like so much absurd talking during peak action moments. (laughs) Right. when, When there would never be, like you know when old comics do that yeah. and they're like having an entire diatribe and telling their life story when they're in the middle of one punch swing <laughs> right I got I have some more points you wanna should you yeah. save one yeah go for it cause I'm, I'm pretty much okay here's done. some I'll rattle through my list of uh, bullet points Jason yeah uh, so so a second ago they set up that his claws were too stuck to be pulled out and nothing he could do was going to get him out and then couple pages later, the big reveal of how he survived is that he got himself out by struggling and trying hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty weak. Never give up, Pat. Never give up. Uh, never, never, never. I don't, I don't understand this word balloon, do you? It says, um, it's a panel with Wolverine leading her by hand over the phone. And it says, uh, Wolverine saying, real deadly mutant power, inspiration, can't undo having used it, kid. Just run from the results or try to make them something. 
do you understand what that paragraph says? Because I no, do not. No, I don't really. Um, all right, let's, let's see if we can break it down. So real deadly mutant power inspiration. You can't undo having used it, kid, which is a, a terrible sentence. And I know Wolverine <laughs> yeah, doesn't always... He doesn't always use the best grammar, but that's bad even for Wolverine. Um, this is bad writing. Yeah, can't undo having used it, kid. Like, in other words, people, I guess people can only be so inspired, and then once you once you use it, there's nothing left. Um, Just run from the results. Yeah. Or try to make them mean something. I know what Goodwin's trying to say. Goodwin's, Goodwin's trying to say... The Wolverine's telling her, hey, you screwed up, and you can just run away, or you can try to make up for it. <laughs> okay. But, okay. But, but, but the dialogue okay, yeah. is... Yeah, I think you're better at interpreting these. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... The dialogue is terrible. Bad, bad writing. In fact, the best thing about this page is in the paper comic on the opposite side, there's an oh. ad for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cereal. Oh, yeah? Which is basically corn checks with Lucky Charm marshmallows. <laughs> so oh, but they call the uh, they call the corn checks ninja nets. <laughs> ninja nets. <laughs> yeah, you know those ninja nets. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I wrote and uh, the same the same I don't understand this panel. Uh, Wolverine's walking by Caridad and he's finally like got to where Roughhouse is and he's pushing him aside and he says, Don't bother complaining. You didn't gesture for me, big shot. And then Wolverine says, Also, I can't hear. Right. Do you know what that sentence says? Like grammar what, well, what so, is happening yeah. there? What is happening there grammar wise? What is what what? <laughs> so El Presidente's wagging his finger for his guards to come loosen Roughhouse. But then Wolverine comes in and says, don't complain that you weren't gesturing for me. It's, it's bad. It's bad dialogue. But he's saying that, um, I don't want to hear you. Don't bitch at me. You know, I know you didn't want me, but it doesn't matter what you say because I can't hear you anyway because my inner ear problems haven't healed yet from being underwater so long. Right, fair enough. <laughs> I could I could not interpret that. <laughs> All right, thanks for clearing those up. You're you're welcome. Yeah. This is not well written. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, yeah, the, just the rest of the comics started to get incoherent, yeah. and uh, I could not really am... follow along, and I just thought the writing was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. have a lot of times where I just stop and really uh, notice that in a comic, but wow. Yeah, and, no, uh, I'm not. I, I'm not loving this 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 story. So. Yeah, yeah. I had a last bullet point saying, why, why would Tiger Shark talk so much and take the time in this moment of all moments to explain all this? Uh, no, when he talks about hating the heroes, and I don't know his what's Tiger Shark's backstory. Why this is uh, twice yeah. that he's mentioned. I used to be wound up, crippled, and weak. Yeah, uh, like uh, just like too much talking when they're fighting. Like, why would Tiger Shark uh, take the time to, in this moment of almost, explain all this? Like, I just think right. it was driving me crazy. I didn't uh, understand. So his backstory, I thought I interpreted it as, so 
He said he tried to be a hero once. He got crippled and weak instead. And because of that, he now hates and kills heroes for the purpose of stopping himself from ever becoming a hero again. Okay. I'll, that, I'll, I'll that buy it. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite no part is... No bueno. Yeah. My favorite part about all this is that Wolverine can't even hear his stupid diatribe. Because, <laughs> oh, okay, right. Because Wolverine's deaf, and he's like, whatever. <laughs> it was already garbage dialogue, and he's saying it to someone that can't hear him. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. And then he gets eaten by sharks. <laughs> so uh, he had it coming wearing that outfit. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's all the thoughts I had of that. Right. Well, hey, before we get out of the issue, though, I do really like the pinup at the end. Uh, do you have that in your digital copy? Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah with, where he's standing over the the water and he's smoking. Yeah, yeah, he's looking down in the puddle and the reflection. I I really like the colors in it a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah, right yeah it's not bad, not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like the I like how they have those in the back. Those one single pictures it seems to be in those Wolverine solo. Yeah, yeah. They hadn't done it the last couple of issues, so I was glad to see it come back. Alright, so for number twenty for me, I thought the art got better, but the writing got worse. <laughs> so I'm gonna give it the same grade. Uh three out of six claws. What about you, Pat? Okay. Three to six. Okay. Uh like I had for a conclusion here the first time I read this, I remember thinking the coolest part of these issues is how it touches on whether Wolverine can die from drowning or not. Right. And this was probably the first time in comics uh, they did touch on that, I would imagine. Would you think so? I, I think they mentioned it once or twice before, but this is definitely the first time they really used it. Oh, yeah? Do you th- was that ever in uh, that come up in Uncanny before? I'm would you trying say? to remember because there was a time... Oh man, I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember for sure. You might be right. Sure, it might sure. it might be the first time. Uh, anyways, I thought it was the first time in my notes, and so I so it had that first time excitingness of covering this topic. I'm assuming when this came out to readers at the time. I think that should be. By the way, I wanted to talk about this, Jason. Here's a Wolverine point to obsess over. Uh, I think that should be should be one of the very few ways he can die like if he was underwater drowning he would die unless he got oxygen right yeah and and his power is to heal or to heal or to remake something that was already there that's all it does it doesn't create a new thing to out of nowhere out of thin air to fix a problem it can't create oxygen so it makes sense to me that he could die that way uh yeah yeah. what's your stance on uh wolverine and be able to drown in water jason i think it makes sense um i think you know once everything stops and he's dead see i'm not i'm not a big fan of his healing factor bringing him back to life like when he gets uh, blown up by the sun or a nuclear bomb. And the sun and yeah. Grant Morrison's run. Right. There has to, bomb. There, what, what show? Where was that from? Oh, uh, it was... Um, you, you, mean, you mean in the Civil War, right? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's so it was that guy. It wasn't a nuclear bomb. Guy, it was the um, nitro. He used his power nitro and exploded. Guy. Yeah. And uh, that's the first time you saw like Wolverine listeners as like a T-1000 robot. It looks, <laughs> looks so stupid and most people think yes. that was dumb online. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, right. Yeah, and so, I mean, that one, I guess if there's b- bone marrow inside his bones, maybe. But I, I'm... I'm not a fan of the godlike healing factor. I like the healing factor that is a little bit slower, um, you know, and it, it heals wounds, but it doesn't perform miracles. Um, so, I so I I like him being able to drown. In fact, that's in uh, Rick Remender's Uncanny Avengers run. That's how he kills Dawkins the first time, is he drowns him, um, which is his son who has a similar healing factor. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and so I, I, yeah, no, I, I think it's a good, it's a good kind of out, and it adds drama to the story. I mean, that's probably one of the most interesting parts, is him trying to get out of the water. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I like that it can, it can happen. You're on, and you're on team drowned. Yeah, I'm on team drown. I mean, I don't want him to drown, but I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. All right. When did you end up grading number 20? Uh, I had a lot of issues with this one. I thought the writing was maddeningly. (laughs) Maddeningly. Oh, boy, that's hard. Okay. I thought the writing was maddeningly. That's a hard word to say. uh, Incoherent. And that that really bothered me. And considering the art was okay, but nothing special, uh, I'd give it two solid adamantium claws out of six. Okay. All right. So I so I was not a huge fan, and uh, it was very incoherent, and it was making me mad when I was reading it a couple <laughs> hours ago. I had to take a break, stand up, and take a break. <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah. And and did you? What did you say? How many claws? I did three on both of them for different three. reasons. Three yeah. on both. Okay. Yeah. And you Sounds went good. you went from four to two, so you took a pretty big dip, which is yeah. interesting. So awesome. Well, Pat, man, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so here's what we're going to try to do for Acts of Vengeance. We're going to make it three parts. And so the next part will be, uh, as Pat mentioned, um, the uncanny issues with uh, with Psylocke uh, turning Japanese. I think she's turning Japanese. I really think so. Um, <laughs> well done sir yeah <laughs> and um and then we'll do a uh, kind of a acts of vengeance after party uh to kind of wrap up some of the the storylines sort of the next couple of issues of wolverine so um my goal is to celebrate the event by having a different guest on each episode we will see if that happens um and then of course pat will find a way to, to squeeze you back in the next couple of months um Sounds good. Yeah. So, um, Pat, is there anything you wanna wanna let people know about or plug while you're here? Uh, no, I got I got nothing to plug. Okay. Um, I, I I'll plug that. Uh, I think listeners, the Wolverine Volume Two really hits its stride when Larry Hama, the writer, starts as starts as writer. Yeah. It's so good on his long run, doing almost every issue, roughly from thirty-one to one eighteen. Wow. So, yeah. yeah He's so a good long writer. Jason, and Jason he... you're kind of like reading along like a new uh, reader for this for the first time. Yeah. You're saying? So, yeah. It gets good at 
So definitely when Larry Hanna comes on the series, really like kicks into full gear, I would say, mm. is what my overall overarching thought of this uh, volume was. Awesome. The first read through. Well, he's really good at long stories. Um, he's the guy that wrote the entire first volume of Marvel's G.I. Joe comic. Oh, G.I. Joe, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Keep hearing I, that. Yeah. I, I have a special place in my heart for Larry Hama. So I'm looking forward to getting those issues. And um, I remember the stuff he did like around issue 50 and stuff like that. That really sticks out in my mind. Um, yeah. So, so he starts in 31. That's the... Um, 31 is the awesome Jim Lee cover. I don't think he does the interior art, but it's that cover of that classic image of Wolverine with no mask kind of jumping up and like the yellow and orange like action lines behind him. One of okay. my favorite drawings ever. So uh, I can't, I can't think of it right now. But anyways, <laughs> oh, keep going on. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and it's so it's good when Larry Hama starts at like issue 31 in the series. And then also I didn't look this up sometime. Also Mark Silvestri is the artist for a good while. Yeah. Where while Ham is writing, and that's when those two are on the book at the same time. Really, it's a firing on all cylinders. Yes, I I agree. So look forward to getting there. Um, but yeah, so we'll definitely have you you back on fairly soon. Um, sure, I'm try sure. to... sounds good, Jason. Thanks for a lot for having me on. Yeah, I'm gonna really hope try you, to be hope more. You fans can uh, make sense of my incoherent uh, <laughs> talking here. Hey, you did better than Archie Goodwin did on issue twenty. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully this will be a good a good sign uh, starting off the year with a couple of flashback episodes. I'm going to really, really try to, to be more consistent with those um, in 2018. And um, so, yeah, as usual, uh, you can like the Facebook page for the podcast that goes snicked. Uh, Twitter is at snickcast. And if you want to see all my... Uh, all of my panels and thoughts on my 60s read-through for Marvel. Uh, that's Twitter's the place to do it. Um, and then, of course, show notes oh, and stuff cool. at uh, snickcast.podbean.com. So, again, Pat, thank you so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun, and um, we'll do it again soon. And, um, yeah, so until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. And snacked. <laughs>